Hey guys, you know the deal by now, but I just wanted to pop in really quickly and remind you that this is actually last week's episode. If you would like access to this week's episode, you can find it over at patreon.com slash Christina, where you get access to all of my YouTube videos, all of my podcasts a week early. You also get access to the secret podcast where I talk about different self-care, environmental and bits and bops that I pick up regarding life and becoming the best versions of ourselves in the secret podcast, which goes out every single Tuesday. The Patreon community also has access to one-on-one phone call, hour-long conversations with me, which is something cool that I'm ready to introduce, and the Facebook group where the whole community can kind of just help each other out on their sustainable living journey and such. And yeah, if you can't afford to be over there, then that's totally cool. No pressure at all, but it definitely helps the show and everything that I'm doing immensely. However, there are free ways to support. You can simply share this episode with a friend. You can click the three little dots in the corner of the episode if you're listening on iTunes where you can copy the link directly and send it to a friend, or you could just tell them about it that's super helpful as well. And of course, you can subscribe to the show, my YouTube channel. You can follow me on Instagram at Sedona Christina and leave a review wherever it is that you're choosing to listen to the show. And uh, all that stuff helps immensely as well. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for caring about the planet and the animals and your own self. And uh, yeah, okay, let's all grow and learn and do some things together. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay. Bye. I think it goes back to thinking on a holistic level. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, where did it come from? How far did it travel? How was it made? Um, Do you need it? Do you need it? That's a big one. That was my friend Summer, and this is episode 19 of Into Intentional. Welcome to Into Intentional, the show where we chat about intentional living within the realm of wellness, self-care, sustainability, and entrepreneurship. My name is Christy, and I'm a wellness YouTuber and sustainable living enthusiast, otherwise known as Sedona Christina in the internet land, and I'm your host. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'm sending you heaps of love today and every day. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. This week, Summer is back on the show. If you remember, she was in episode 10. She's one of the co-founders of Eco Collective, which is a zero waste store here in Seattle. And the girls who own the store, all three of them, I'm really good friends with. And it's been so wonderful to watch them grow this little baby into something incredible. And the three of them are super inspiring. And both Summer and I share Uh, you know, both the lifestyle choices of being vegan and low waste. So we thought we would do a little Q&A for any questions that you guys have, especially because I do feel like there's this gap within the low waste space of people who aren't living a vegan lifestyle or at least talking about it enough. And so I think it is really like the two go super hand in hand, uh, especially if you're looking at the overall waste of the items that you're bringing into your life. I think a lot of people don't realize how much waste goes into animal product creation, how many resources and carbon emissions and everything that goes into it. So sometimes there is a little bit of a trade-off between, you know, the consumer and packaging, but we also, I think, need to think about the total lifestyle of these products. So we thought we'd do a little Q&A to kind of encourage people to um, make some more plant-based choices in their life uh, and hopefully make it easy because it, it really isn't 
the most difficult thing in the world, but of course any lifestyle transition is going to be somewhat intense. So um, yeah, we thought we'd do a little Q&A about it and you guys sent in a bunch of questions from Instagram and they were great. We talk about all things, you know, ranging from skincare and makeup and sunscreen and scrubs in a low waste vegan way. We talk about uh, being zero waste at home with your parents. We talk about that trade-off that you sometimes have between vegan products and uh, animal products sometimes that happen to have less packaging than the ones that the, the vegan alternatives have. We talk about birth control and what both of us do for a hormonal free means of doing that. Um, obviously, neither of us are medical professionals, just want to say that. But yeah, we each kind of go over for all of these questions, like what works for us. We both have very different takes on some of these answers to the questions. So I think that maybe shows that there's different ways of doing things, even though the two of us live a very similar lifestyle, um, very niche sort of, you know, being vegan in low waste and we both live in the same city and we still each have different solutions for the same problem. So yeah, we kind of go through all the questions and uh, each of us give our take on how we solve all of those. Oh, I'm also going to add in timestamps in the description of the episode for each of the questions if that helps anybody as well that I mentioned that. And uh, yeah, I hope that this is helpful. Oh, the last thing I do want to say is we bring up palm oil briefly. So I've done a little bit more research since I recorded this Q&A with Summer. And I do have my kind of take and findings on it. I think there's uh, a lot of misconception about the way that sustainably harvested or responsibly harvested palm oil is talked about. I've said in the past too that I do support it and I think I have changed my opinion a little bit, but I am going to do like a full on, I'm actually right now looking for an expert in the palm oil field, hopefully somebody with accreditation so that I can kind of get to the bottom because there's a lot of confusing information out there about palm oil, even though I think we all know that there's a bunch of nasty stuff going on. Um, there also are some positives to it, right? So it's it's um, a very interesting and controversial topic, obviously. So I am looking for an expert who knows a lot more than I do and just has more uh, credentials than me just looking on the internet and Googling things. So expect that in the future and I'll share kind of how I am approaching it. Um, but yeah, that does come up briefly in the episode and, uh, Summer and I did talk about it a little bit after we recorded it and yeah, so kind of just ignore what I said about that. My thoughts are changing, evolving, and I'm just learning some things now, but yeah. So I hope you guys enjoy this Q and a thanks for sending in the questions and I hope that this is helpful again, like especially with any lifestyle change, like don't focus on being perfect overnight because I'm sure that especially if you're coming from an omnivorous, omnivorous, <laughs> omnivorous lifestyle uh, that's, you know, full of plastic and such and you're trying to make these lifestyle transitions, just know that it's okay that you don't have to do it overnight. It doesn't have to be a white and black issue. It doesn't have to go from one side to the other. I think, uh, Every single swap that you make makes such a big difference, whether that's, you know, deciding to buy one less thing packaged in plastic today and then another one tomorrow, making one plant-based meal today makes a huge difference. You're saving a life in doing that. And, um, you know, that doesn't mean that you have to eat 100% plant-based throughout the day. I think, again, just like gradually incorporating more and more can be the option and can be a wonderful way for you. And um, yeah, so 
again, I hope this is encouraging and thank you guys for considering both the planet and the animals and all that good stuff in your life and your impact on this planet because that's incredible and uh, very selfless of you. So thank you. And uh, let's all hug the planet today. All right. Enjoy the q and I'm going to stop blabbing because I do that every single time. Okay. Enjoy. Hey, what's up? Hey, Christy. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. It's good to see you. Yeah. Good to have you back because this is your episode two with you. Yep. Yeah. Super fun. So now fun. I'm a seasoned podcaster. Not really because it's my, my personal second one, but is it really? Wow. Yeah. I, I have exclusive <laughs> rights to Summer Hansen's <laughs> podcast abilities <laughs> you've also trained me how to podcast Did so I? I appreciate that oh, well you make my heart smile <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we thought we'd do a little q a i asked everybody over on instagram i guess before we get into this do you want to give a little sh- background spiel about who you are just in case people missed the last oh, yeah, one sure yeah so um, my name is summer <laughs> nice to meet you um i am also vegan, zero waste. Those are two of my passions. And I'm lucky enough to incorporate incorporate those in my work. Um, I am a co-owner of Eco Collective, which is a zero waste store online and in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a lot of fun researching products and um, building our website, meeting customers and thinking about zero waste all day long yeah very cool (laughs) yeah I think the last episode that we did together you were like just getting ready to join them so much has changed yeah it was just a couple weeks in and now I'm fully in it (laughs) yeah I I was we were saying the other day like we should do an update episode too because I had Genevieve and Marimar on the show just like what you guys have been up Mm -hmm. to because so much has changed it's been crazy to watch you guys yeah it's been a lot of fun since opening our retail store only in October so we've really figured that whole thing out and it's you know growing and a lot of fun my my favorite is the online store because I that's my background yeah yeah what exactly do you do at eco um well I um part of my time is kind of split lately I've been really into researching products um and helping get new products for the store and set those up on our website. Um, So a lot of that is like getting the nitty gritty details of every product research. And then once we have them getting that up on the site Um, and I kind of dabble in different areas. Sometimes I, um, I take photos. I also cover breaks. So I'm running retail sometimes. Um, And, it's just strategizing with Genevieve and Marimar. My business partner is always scheming on what to do next. So <laughs> there's a lot there. Um, being a business owner, you kind of wear a lot of hats. So, yeah, definitely. but my main role, kind of my specialty is um, web development. So working on the online store experience, making the features and um kind of growing the different online programs that we have yeah (laughs) that is the second podcast in a row that I have left my ringer on and I'm (laughs) sorry everybody but yeah so we have a bunch of Q&A questions we just chose a few of them and we thought we'd go over them so let's just hop right into this I guess let's do it we have so many good questions we do 
Um, okay, so Shannon asks, you are in a situation where it's between being vegan and being low waste. Which would you choose? Ooh, yes. This surprisingly happens kind of frequently. Yeah. Um, so for me, it does a little bit depend on the situation. Um, I tend to lean towards vegan. Um, just like personally, I became vegan about a year and a half or two years before I went zero waste and it's a pretty kind of emotional choice for me. So, um, I oftentimes am thinking about the, you know, sometimes I think zero waste is about what happens to what happens after the product Mm -hmm. is thrown away or that sort of thing. Um, or the packaging gets thrown away and then vegan is like, you know, certain things about where it came from. And so that being certain, sometimes if I know that something came from an animal or in a violent situation, I prefer to avoid it. But we should talk about the specific examples because yeah. luckily it's not all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's so dependent. I think uh, I don't I can't really think of any specific situation where I've had to compromise on vegan aside for bee product mm-hmm. is really the only one, which I don't want to get into in specifics on this because I am still kind of gathering my thoughts and would like to do like a proper YouTube video kind of thing on it. But that's pretty that's not often I'd say like in every situation I really have to ask myself like what is the actual necessity here like what is actually going on and is there not another opportunity like another option for me um but yeah I think it's super dependent on the situation aside from I I don't know I I mean like vegan products obviously have a lower carbon footprint yeah lower pretty much everything footprint (laughs) uh, resource intensive like everything And it is about more than just the plastic waste that's involved. And I also think that supporting vegan companies is extremely important as well because it is, you know, within activism, it's about more than just that one item that you're buying. Like it's about the future and the whole movement as a whole and just what companies are doing something to actively be a good person. They're not Mm -hmm. just in it for the money if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I have that thought process a lot too. Like, well, is this a company I want to support, especially when I'm making compromises? Um, So, I mean, just to bring up one example would be, um, say I don't have enough time to make my own plant milk. Um, But, you know, a lot of zero wasters who aren't vegan, they might get a glass milk bottle that's returnable. Um, I would personally still go for... If they aren't vegan. Right. Oh, yeah, you did say yeah, that. Yeah, aren't. Okay. Um, so I would personally sooner buy a carton of plant-based milk totally. than get the um, zero-waste non-vegan option because, like you mentioned, the environmental impact of the product itself really outweighs the, the zero packaging. waste. Yeah. Um, yeah. The packaging in that case. Yeah. I do find it does bother me that, I mean, I'm not an expert and you know, in a lot of cases like across the board, there's no perfect answer, but it does bother me that a lot of zero waste people focus solely on like the end product and on like 
the physical waste that's created, but we have to think about like everything. We have to think about the CO2. I mean, it's all, then that's, you know, that's venturing away from zero waste. Like obviously zero waste is about more so like the consumer and the packaging involved. But yeah, I think that there needs to be more discussion within the movement. I think it's a little bit of a gap Mm -hmm. that people forget about the overall impact of the products that they buy, like the ingredients even that are being sourced, even within vegan stuff can be wasteful. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's sometimes we... um, Yeah, there's so much to think about. You won't necessarily have time to think of every aspect of um, the environmental impact of our products. But yeah, yeah, my my tip is don't don't only think about the trash. Think about the overall picture. Definitely. And I am... Uh, proponent of vegan before zero waste for sure in most cases I would say I can't really I mean I personally wouldn't like ethically veer away from veganism but I would say like if you are looking objectively at the sustainable impact yeah right would you personally yeah me too I find that in a lot of cases there's usually a way to incorporate both um sometimes you might have to get a little creative but um you know yeah there's the milk option is or the milk conversation is a good one because I think that's a one probably the most common one and I think obviously then I think too within the different range of plant milks you can look at which ones are more sustainable and which ones you can do more sustainably even like if you want to make your own oat milk at home that's so easy but if you're gonna buy them you know if you're gonna buy a plant milk in packaging like oat milk is the lowest footprint yeah typically so like you know even just having your selection in between them and saying like okay maybe more frequently than not I'll get oat milk instead of you know right almond milk or something I yeah. don't I don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> um okay next question um oh I don't know this person's first name but their Instagram is French twig <laughs> they asked do you have any tips for living low waste while living at home with your parents I definitely do I have a whole video on it on YouTube so I could direct them there do you have any random tips you want to toss in with that you don't live with your parents Mm, yeah personally I started zero waste after I moved out so I don't have a lot of tips for that one but I I wish you luck yeah (laughs) good luck with that one yeah I have a full video on it so if you go to my YouTube channel you can search I I think it's called like yeah living at low waste living low waste with your parents um oh okay this one HB Martin asked do vegan condoms exist and alternatives or if you're not interested in hormonal birth control? Ooh, yes. Super good topic. <laughs> this is a great topic because it's kind of at that intersection of health and zero waste. Mm-hmm. Um, because I used to be very low waste with this kind of thing um, when I, I used to have a hormonal IUD and I didn't get my period. So I didn't have to think about period products, oh, wow. condoms or anything Um, but I just felt that it was affecting my personality a little bit. The, like I had been on hormonal birth control for so long and it got to a point where I felt like I wasn't really myself and I wanted to experience life without hormonal, um, birth control. Mm -hmm. Um, and also, yeah, just some health concerns, things like that. Um, so I read 
Taking Charge of Your Fertility, a book by, I think, Tony Weschler. Such a good book. So good. (laughs) Definitely, I learned a lot more from that book that I learned in my health classes (laughs) growing up. Um, But yeah, so I decided to go off hormonal birth control and um, then I had to figure out, you know, how to be low waste um, and... A big part of that is the fertility awareness method. Um, It's not really for everybody. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say that right up front. Um, It works for me because I have a stable routine and um, just one partner. Um, And yeah, so how it works is I kind of track my cycle by taking my temperature each day and tracking some other signs and... Um, that way I know when I am going to ovulate and, um, when I am nearing the ovulation stage, I use condoms, which I found some vegan ones. So (laughs) I'll share that in a sec. Um, and, um, then on other parts of the cycle, I'm feel after practicing for a while and getting to know myself, um, I know when it's okay to not use condoms. So Mm -hmm. that reduces my waste a little bit. Yeah. I think we should also mention that neither of us are medical professionals. That's while we're, so yeah, important to yeah, note. <laughs> yeah, definitely important to note. But I also think it's a really good, like a such a good topic because both you and I have had our kind of like right. journeys with trying to figure out what works best for us in this scenario. And I also, I think the that FAM, the Fertility Amer- yeah. Awareness Method is wonderful. Um, I did it for probably like a year, maybe a year and a half. And it didn't work for me just because I couldn't fit it in my schedule. Like it just didn't like fit with my lifestyle, I guess. Um, I still do take my temperature though. I think it's Mm -hmm. like a wonderful way of like understanding your body and you learn so much through it. Um, But I ended up getting the copper IUD put in because it's a non-hormonal form of birth control. I was on the pill as well for like years like since I was like 15 until I was probably 19 or so um so I guess not that long like not as long as most people but yeah when I was in college I well for one didn't really need it for a period of time I had like just gone through like I was in a stable relationship and then it broke we broke up so I kind of started to look more into like what hormonal birth control was doing to the body um and decided that it didn't really feel like I wanted I want to try life without it yeah um and yeah I also you know I think it's important to note that there's going to be a different thing that works for everyone like if hormonal birth control is what works for you then I think that's really important to say um but yeah and then it took me a couple years to figure out what worked for me and I last year got the copper IUD put in and it's been pretty great so far yeah yeah and I guess I should also mention the vegan condoms. Oh, yeah, yeah, too. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, the vegan condoms that I found were, um, the brand is called Sustain, and they're made of natural um, fair trade rubber, and they're totally vegan, um, and we got them at Eco Collective because yeah. I liked them so much. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, so... I think it's a hard one because it's like something different is going to work for everyone, but that's what works for us. Yeah. And um, definitely things to look into and definitely um, taking control of your fertility is a great book if people are curious about. Highly recommend it. Even if 
even if it's just out of curiosity, yeah. like you don't have to commit to anything. It's just a great way to learn about your body the and the way body that it works. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. What do you purchase in plastic? Sparkling soul asked. Oh, yes. Um, I actually just did a YouTube video about this, so I could just direct you to that <laughs> as well. I think it's called like things, wasteful things I still buy 2019, maybe potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of answers everything. Uh, you know, I still buy things in like glass and, uh, I still buy chocolate is a big one for me. We were just talking about this before cause both of us get our chocolate from the same place because <laughs> there's a, a local like fair trade, um, chocolate place in Seattle. And so I do buy their bars in the whatever wrap that it comes in, yeah. but we also use, I don't work there anymore. Do you still work out? Yeah, yeah. I, am a member at a co-working space. Uh, it's a female forward co-working space called the Riveter in Seattle and oh, a great huge place. selling I'm, point. I miss it very much. <laughs> I'm on hold right now. But yeah. Great co-working space. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, a huge selling point was that they have, um, since it's just down the street from Theo's chocolate factory, which, uh, they have vegan fair trade chocolate. Um, the Riveter actually gets their discard broken pieces of chocolate and they have them in a giant jar at the Without co-working packaging. space. So I'm like, vegan, fair trade, zero waste chocolate. Yeah. I'm in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to like, every time I was working, I would just like take a napkin out and like put a bunch of them yeah. in there and just bring it home with me. Exactly. But ever since I left, I've been... Uh, buying it which yeah you know it I mean it's locally made yeah so it's just it's a sometimes it's like you get to this crossroads of like what can I do and also like we have to admit that not everybody has access to like before I moved to Seattle I didn't even know what a bulk bin was like you know not everybody has access to the same resources and options and so um yeah, it's sometimes just getting creative and saying like, okay, even though this isn't like a perfect solution, not that any solution is perfect, even bulk bins aren't <laughs> perfect. Like, let's just throw that out there. Yeah. They've got to be filled via a plastic bag too. But um, yeah, maybe this isn't like a quote unquote perfect zero waste solution, but like, right. is there another option for me to to obtain, you know, the same right. item, but just maybe from a better resource um, or the best that I can afford or the best that I have access to? Um and so, yeah, getting something local, fair trade mm-hmm. is a good place to go. Yeah, if you but. can, I, I think it goes back to thinking on a holistic level, mm-hmm. like, you know, where did it come from? How far did it travel? How was it made? Um, do and you need it? Do to you begin need with? it? That's a big one. Yeah. So maybe eating a little less of whatever that yeah. special thing is. Um, but yeah, um, for me... Things that I still buy in packaging. Um, I'm lucky enough around here in Seattle, there is a um, bulk tofu place that I go to. Mm. Shout out to Tansan Tofu, (laughs) um, if you're fortunate enough to be in the area. But um, if I don't, if I don't have a chance to go over there, because it is kind of far from where I live, sometimes I will buy um, actually really like to get field roast sausages is my weakness mm, okay um they're vegan made in seattle um and it's minimal it's like a thin plastic layer over them um but i actually do get those a fair amount and yeah. 
I also do purchase like vegan products every once in a while, which yeah. I don't even think was in my video. There were definitely things that I missed that didn't make it in the yeah. video, you know? Were, I think I yeah. only spotted, like <laughs> shouted out like 10 different things, but yeah. Yeah, there's a few things. Um, I would say the bulk, like kind of if I'm summarizing the things I still buy in plastic, it would be health-related items or special vegan products because yeah. I'm treating myself and I know that it's a lower impact than if I were to buy package-free non-vegan items. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, for the health stuff, like I already mentioned condoms, that's yeah. obviously in plastic. Yeah. Um, and Supplements sometimes too. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I have vitamin B12 and I have... Um, vitamin D mm -hmm. and those have a little bit of plastic on there and um, yeah sometimes if I need medicine you know yeah. I put my health first definitely yeah I think it's also important to note that like we do label ourselves as like zero waste people but we're not perfect yeah. and like there's no such there's thing literally as no zero such thing as perfect. waste yeah 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 I mean it's not even a term that was meant for consumers it was meant for industrialized waste and you know, manufacturing processes and uh, just we need a million people doing zero waste imperfectly, not a handful of people doing it perfectly, you know? Yes, yes. So, yeah, we're not perfect. It doesn't mean that you have to be perfect either. Just every single change that you make makes such a big difference, I think. It really does. Yeah. And also, like, whatever can keep you on this lifestyle forever. Exactly. And if, like, making a mistake today... Uh, or for the next five years, there's just something that you need to buy. Maybe 10 years from now, it won't be as important to you or there'll be a different option out there for you maybe. Um, but if making that mistake today keeps you, you know, trudging towards a lower waste lifestyle, then that's the most important thing because you want to be, you know, your impact for your whole life, not just your impact for, I don't know, for, right. You know, right now, this like phase of your life. It's like yeah. a, a lifestyle keep the lifestyle Same. sustainable yeah. for yourself. Yeah. Um okay. Ivy asked tips for not feeling as embarrassed when asking eateries to use your own Tupperware. <laughs> Honestly, I've struggled with this. Me too. Yeah. Sometimes it's overwhelming cuz like the one time I the first time I got turned down or like the first couple of times where you're using your own container I mean some places still to this day like I do my groceries at like a very just generic grocery store and sometimes I'm like I really hope somebody doesn't say something about this like as I'm filling my bag up I'm like yeah we're really just gonna go for this mm -hmm. and like if they say something they say something if they don't they don't yeah um and like in the very beginning of my journey I remember going into Oh, I can't even remember what it's called, but it it was in Philadelphia. It was like a fast food vegan place, kind of like a veggie grill type mm -hmm. place. And I wanted to get, I can't even remember what it was, like a burger or something. And they refused to put it in my own container because it was like a health code safety yeah. violation. And ever since that, I've been a little bit scarred. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely tough when it is against the health code. Um, unfortunately in Seattle it is and mm -hmm. um, we you know a lot of people turn the blind eye it's not really enforced um, obviously we're not going to report these places because they're doing us a favor um, but one thing that 
has helped me is to, if I find a place that does allow me to bring my own container, like I have this one bagel shop that I'm a huge fan of. Mm -hmm. And they, the first time I went, they were like, oh, I don't know. Let me ask my manager. And I was like, oh, shoot, this has happened before at other places. And they come back saying no. Yeah. And at this particular bagel shop, the manager came back and said that it was okay. And now I am a devoted regular at that bagel shop and, you know, going somewhere where you know that um, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. Like they are helping me out and I'm going to in turn give them good business, tell my friends to go there. So um, being a good customer in return for a store you know, doing things a little differently for you is a good way to respond. Um, Definitely. I think too, it helps to go to probably smaller places if you're looking for something because they generally don't enforce rules like that. But if you're going to like, like the place that I went to that I got turned down at was like a big chain Mm -hmm. restaurant and new. So they didn't allow me, but yeah, looking for smaller options is helpful. But also I find it's helpful to Like I usually just say the phrase like, you know, I'm trying to cut my plastic waste down. Do you mind putting it in here? Like giving them a justification as to why. So you're not just like this angry customer of like, put it in here (laughs) or I'm not buying it. Um, I think that really helps. And also just, yeah, being kind and and, um, not trying to be negative as you're asking. Like just, you know, putting a smile on and like generally people, if somebody's kind to you, you're going to be kind back, you know. Right. Um, But yeah, just being like, I know this is super random, but do you mind putting it in here? Cause I'm trying to reduce my plastic waste and it makes it more understandable for them, I guess. Yeah. I've also had, um, like if I'm just really confident with it and, and just hand it to him and say in here, please. Yeah. Um, and act like I've done it before, then they tend to just kind of go with it. Whereas sometimes if you ask permission, then they want to ask their manager per- permission mm-hmm. and it goes downhill sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all about learning to play the game a little bit. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> but also like who cares if they say no? At the end of the day, like you you're doing you and like if they say no, then it's not the end of the world. You know, you're going to be able to go somewhere else. Oh, you were also saying that you often if you're in a situation where you think they might say no, you ask for it here. Oh yeah. And then you bring it to your table and put it in your own container. That's a good Yeah, one. I've done that. So I mean, a lot of times it means slowing down and dining in instead of getting takeout. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, sometimes if I do need to just take it to go, I'll ask for it for here and then transfer it into my own container because then I know I'm not asking them to break any rules. And if they have reusable options, then it works out. Yeah, definitely. Okay, the next question Egg Shoppa asked, what vegan foods are good for trying to gain back weight but also have low waste? This one I was a little bit hesitant to bring in because it's something that I'm going through right now. I think um, I'm going to probably do a full YouTube video on this, I've decided, but I lost a little bit more weight than I would probably have liked to lately. Mostly after I moved out of my parents' house, I was, uh, you know, when I was still living with my parents, I still snacked on their more wasteful items and I didn't even notice. Like it was small changes that I made when I moved out, honestly. And just over the course of time, definitely lost a little more weight than I would have liked to. So I'm in the process of trying to to gain a couple pounds. So I think what I'm doing is I'm really going to focus on eating more calorie dense foods. Honestly, Uh, I could swap, you know, 
I, I part of me is like I probably will kind of loosen my zero waste. Um, I don't want to say strictness because I don't want it to be like a strict lifestyle. You know, I break it all the time. If there's something that I want, I'm never going to restrict myself from having it to begin with and never I've said that from the beginning. But um, I'll probably like eat a few more process things just to gain a couple pounds back just for a little bit and then um just focusing like that's obviously not a long-term sustainable lifestyle change that you can make um and by sustainable I don't mean like eco-conscious I mean more like you know things that I can keep up Yeah. yeah um but then I'm gonna yeah focus on just eating more calorie dense foods um Things like incorporating more grains that are, you know, a small portion, but have more dense calories within them. And even just looking at like, okay, instead of having an apple as a snack, like what's something that's going to fill me up the same, but happens to have more density to it, like less water. Um, That's, I guess, what I'm going to do. Just incorporating little things and maybe having some more snacks like that feels very realistic to me. Um. Because at this point in time, like I'd like to say I could afford to go out and eat like some gourmet vegan burgers every once in a while, but I just like don't have the money to do that. So um, I can't build that into my lifestyle sustainably. But uh, yeah, I guess just obviously I don't say no to going out. I adore doing that, but I can't say that I'm going to do that like multiple times a week because I just don't have the money to do that. Um, and would like to focus on my own empowering way to be able to bring in those calories, I guess. Yeah. Um, another switch I made was I reduced the number of dried fruits that I was eating because I, it was affecting, I, my body doesn't digest them very well, unfortunately anymore. So I think that was also, you know, those are pretty calorie dense and I took that calorie source out of my life and maybe didn't replace it with anything properly. Mm -hmm. So, um, Yeah, I think just like identifying where the changes have been if you've lost weight recently and then figuring out how you can um, replace what has what you've changed with something that is of equal value, if that makes sense. (laughs) But I also like, you know, I don't think it's like it's hard because my past with eating has was on the other side of like me restricting. Whereas it feels like now I've, I eat so much and I just can't keep like, you know, I, I genuinely like, I was freaking out about it with the people in my life and I was asking them and they're like, we, you're literally constantly eating. I don't even know how this is a thing. And I was like, I don't know. Um, so yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that. I just lost track a little bit, but yeah, no, I, I think it's it's a very personal topic and mm-hmm. I think each person's experience is going to be really unique. So it's hard for us to necessarily specifically recommend things um, and we can really mostly speak to our own experiences. Yeah. So that was thank you for sharing yours. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I've struggled with um, weight as well. When I first went zero waste, actually, I lost a lot more weight than, I mean, I didn't want to lose any (laughs) and I lost a decent amount and that was kind of scary for me. So, um, this is definitely something that's important to me. Um, and yeah, I think at that point, um, what I learned was I was being really strict with myself at first Mm -hmm. and, um, I think... Christy brought up a great point about it not needing to be so strict. Sometimes 
Um, I mean, what I learned is to just be a little gentler with myself, be patient with myself as I found replacements instead of just cutting things out right away. Um, for me, I, you know, went from eating vegetables, tofu and rice most days to just vegetables and rice. And, um, yeah, you need, you need to find replacements, not Mm -hmm. just cut things out. So, um, for me, I mean, what that meant was having a little bit more waste while I figured stuff out. And, um, I've, you know, now found some vegan or some tofu in bulk. And I sometimes, um, do get protein options that are packaged. And, um, a big thing for me is I snack on trail mix a lot, which is Mm. definitely calorie dense. Um, and I try to, just um yeah snack more which is a big one just um have bigger meals and um never I I wish I could say I never let myself go hungry but sometimes I'm lazy and don't cook yeah (laughs) working on it literally story of my (laughs) life to me I'm like one of those people that like eating is a chore like I want to be doing other things sometimes (laughs) which I hate to say because like it's also like I love my body and I want to fuel it properly and but every once in a while, I'm like, I really just don't feel like doing this right now. Takeout would be so much <laughs> easier, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if you can prepare some beans ahead of time or mm-hmm. have, you know, switch, like you were saying, grains. I mean, certain grains, like if you choose brown rice over white rice, that's more, um, is more dense or quinoa or yeah. things like that. Um, and it's one of those things that is like grains are... Like, you know, you can add a little bit and you get more, you know what I mean? Just by like a small physical amount, like it's not that hard to up the quantity that you're eating because right. it's not, uh, I don't know, something that's like huge physical size, right, if right. that makes sense. It's you know, like dense. you could eat some watermelon and be super full because it's like all water, <laughs> but you've got like how many calories there, you yeah. know, um, whereas like you can eat, you know, an extra entire bowl of grains and not be that much more full you know, um, my, I don't know if that's, but it's also so individual, like whatever, uh, it's hard, like whatever works for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Best of luck to you. Yeah, seriously. And I'm right there with you. I'm doing, doing it as we speak. Be kind to yourself. Be super kind to yourself. Yeah. Um, another one of my favorites, I don't know if every location has this. I'm only really recommend recommending this because I know there's multiple Whole Foods rec- like locations. Um, or maybe you have a bakery near you. But one of my favorite things is whenever I want something that's like more, um, you know, like decadent, I go to the, the Whole Foods near us has bulk truffles and they have like a cookie dough one and they have a peanut butter one and they also have bulk like cookies and vegan baked goods so maybe for the next couple weeks I just eat a lot of cookies and I'm okay with that so (laughs) that healthy weight gain yeah (laughs) I know they're like 99 cent cookies so I am a huge fan of the vegan cookies at Whole Foods and PCC has great ones oh I didn't even think about Mm -hmm. PCC they do have some so if you live in the Pacific Northwest (laughs) those two locations might have you covered um okay next question Kelly Galway asked, I love making my own guac. Any tips for storing without plastic that still prevents browning? Oh, yeah. Okay. I had to uh, make sure we got to this question because I actually do this all the time and I've mastered it, I think. Um, So, yeah, I often make guac, too. I pretty much always have to have some 
every day mm-hmm. because it's, you know, important to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually, usually I'll try to pick a jar that's a little bit taller than it is wide. Um, so I mix up the guac. I add a lot of lime juice in mine, um, which helps to preserve it and keep it from browning. Um, lemon will work too. And then I put it in a jar that's a little bit skinny and tall um, because then the surface area that's exposed to air is less. And so, um, I don't know, it usually lasts me, I mean, I think it will last up to a week or so. Um, Mine usually goes quicker than that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I usually keep my avocados just like in a sealed container. And yeah, I try to squeeze some lime in there. It works Mm -hmm. pretty well. And I then used it, to, yeah. yeah, I used to use like a paper towel, just squeeze the lime onto the paper towel, but I don't buy a paper towel anymore. So just put it directly on there, make sure it's airtight. And I've, I mean, I eat a whole avocado though within <laughs> a day. Yeah. You're asking people who don't need to preserve them yeah, for as long. Yeah. I just only, I only open one avocado at a time yeah. and then that way my batches aren't huge. And then, um, it usually keeps for a few days. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the air t- or the air surface is a good tip. I didn't even think about that for a jar to store it in. Okay, next question. Halle Berry Lazzy asked, "Zero waste dish soap without access to bulk?" Question oh yes, mark. this was um, such a common question that we got at Eco Collective that we um, we actually went and found a dish soap block for our store so um it's a big block of kitchen soap that is actually it's a traditional french type of soap called savon de marseille um which is an olive oil based soap and it's just in this big block form um so what you do is you actually leave it on the counter it's a solid soap like you would get a bar but this one since it's a big square you just leave it on the counter and then take a dish brush brush a little bit of soap onto the brush from the top you don't pick it up you just leave it and um yeah over time it kind of wears down and you can rotate it um so that's what I use for dishes and then that's for hand washing and then um for um like a dishwasher we recently started carrying um drops um dishwasher detergent pods um which are plant-based and they're just wrapped in a cardboard box um so i just started using their laundry detergent because they make laundry detergent mm-hmm. in dish soap and the laundry detergent is so good yeah i, I really i wasn't like sure it. what to expect it's it's great mm-hmm. it's surprisingly effective mm-hmm. so yeah. and i i never really loved the super strong scents so just the light essential yeah. oils is like yeah. perfect for me and drops is spelled d-r-o-p-p-s yes and you can find it at eco collective correct and you also have the dish block. yeah we have the dish um yeah so it's big block of kitchen soap and the drops deter uh dishwasher detergent nice. pods yeah i we don't use our dishwasher um for whatever reason when my roommate and i moved in we just decided because we don't have a lot of we have a pretty minimal selection of like bowls and stuff and so i don't know there's only two of us we don't create that many dishes so we just decided that hand washing was what we wanted to do and we just use a bar of dr bronner's cast aisle soap um I'm still investigating whether, you know, the whole palm oil thing, and I know that they have a 
certified responsible source, but I still am figuring out if that's like a solution that I'm going to do for the long term. But um, castile soap is basically just a, a plant oil based soap. So it's similar to the dishwash, the dish block that you guys sell, uh, like an olive oil soap is a castile soap technically. And um, it works. I would prefer to buy the block that you guys have, though, because the bar itself, just because of the shape of it is different, it wears down in a way that like. I actually think that it might be the way that Tay uh, uses it. She kind of wears down the middle of the bars first and then it kind of breaks apart. Um, so depending on what kind of brush stroke motion that you do personally, it might get worn down weird. And so I think that the block, if it's a big square block, it'll work better because you can kind of swirl it around in a circle, circular motion instead of just, I don't know. Yeah, I periodically um, rotate mine too because yeah. it will kind of get uh, like... A dome. Uh, what's it like? A hole. Yeah, it? yeah. That's what Just happens to where ours it's too. Curved, yeah. Yeah. Where you rub the brush. Yeah. But I mean, if you rotate it. I mean, yeah. And it's, it's interesting because when I first started using um like barred soap instead of liquid soap for my dishes, I was researching it because I was like, is this legit? Like I didn't, I didn't get it. Um, and what I discovered was there's this huge community of people online who are into like vintage living, like 50s style living who, who wash their dishes like this, because that's what we did before we had liquid soap. And I was like, wow, this all makes sense now. Yeah. Like I just never really made that connection that at one point in time, we didn't have liquid dish soap that was like, what are the big brands? I don't know. Palm olive. Palm olive. Yeah. That you don't <laughs> get these, like yeah. those, they're always like lemon scented. Yeah. That, so like, strong. And yeah. like these really intense colors. Yeah. Yeah. They are <laughs> bright like green. bright green. <laughs> it's like, what is in that? I never even thought about that until this moment. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just never realized that, that there was a time where we didn't have liquid dish soap. It didn't make sense in, sense, sense, sense to me. Um, but yeah, that's, and it's been working great. It gets things off. I think it's really dependent on what kind of brush you have. Uh, just depending on like, you know, if you've got a bottle brush, if you got one that really scours well, um, and it works great. Haven't gotten sick. All the <laughs> stuff comes off. So it's cleaning, it's doing the it's job. It's doing its thing. Highly recommend. Yeah. Castile soap blocks or bars or yep. drops. Yep. I want to try the, the drops. The drops work really well for me. I didn't yeah. really notice a difference between yeah. other types. Yeah. So. Again, I think it depends on what you have, what works for you. And uh, yeah. But you can always get them on Eco Collective. <laughs> yes. Is it ecocollective.com or ecocollective Seattle? Seattle.com. Okay. Next question. Sustainable Living Together asked, what was the hardest low waste switch you had to do? Ooh, probably the hardest are things I haven't done yet. Yeah, <laughs> um, totally agree with that. Yeah, um, I think, well, yeah, there's certain things that I haven't done because they're hard. Other things because I'm, you know, being gentle with myself and giving myself some slack which I've talked about a little bit already. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I would say medical is something that I don't have a lot of control over. Like I went to the dentist yesterday and they, um, you know, have everything is sterile and a lot of the tools yeah. are wrapped in plastic or they're using gloves. Um, I'm not going to ask my dentist to like not use sterile tools yeah. or take off their gloves and things like that. So those are things that I can't really control and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Definitely. Um, 
I still am going to take care of my health. Um, and then the other things I think are just, uh, one big one for me is vegan butter. I, that's been one where I love toast with vegan butter on it. Um, and so the way that I've kind of gone about that is I used to, um, only know of how to get it in a plastic tub. And so I found a different brand that has it in a paper box and that has, you know, a wax paper, something that I don't think is compostable. (laughs) Um, and so it's a little less waste, but you know, it's something where, okay, this is hard. I'm going to do the best that I can. And you know, have you ever tried? Cause whenever I have my like couple of things that I still eat that I, I, I like to buy, people are always like, have you tried making that on your own? Normally I'm like, I mean, (laughs) I could, but that would require a lot of effort, but have you ever thought about making your own? So not to be annoying, I guess what I'm saying, but have you thought about making your own vegan butter? I don't know if that's possible. I've looked up recipes and they seem a little bit complicated. Yeah. Um, and then, then there's also the question of, can I get those ingredients yeah. Without packaging. Yeah, yeah. Which, um... Especially when I stuff mean, is made in bulk by a manufacturer. Like, the vegan butter, for example, is made by the manufacturer. Like... Right. Those ingredients are bought in huge quantities. So, like, it kind of evens out. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I I do make some products for myself. I'm kind of steering away from that because I want to kind of demand better of brands out there, support brands that are doing their best. Yeah, I totally um, agree. And also kind of it, sometimes I realize that I am kind of extreme and that I really want to be as zero waste as possible. Um, and I, since working at Eco Collective, have been thinking in a more in a mindset of, OK, could I expect the people around me to do this, too, and try to be mm-hmm. thinking of things in those terms? Because, um, you know, if I told everybody, oh, just make your own dish soap, make your own, yeah. you know, laundry detergent or all of these different things, make your own deodorant. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really kind of imposing a lot of time and energy requirements out of people that I can't, I couldn't really expect people to do that. Not everyone is going to be as into it as I am. And so I prefer to kind of push brands and um, like get kind of reach out to brands and say, hey, could you do this a little differently Um, and kind of go that route? Yeah, I'm really glad I asked that because I totally agree. And I think like a lot of what we're doing with the whole movement in itself is like we want change on a macro scale. And so in my opinion, um, you know, making things your own, like if you're going to get really extreme with it um, is a, you know, stick it to the man is a great statement, but realistically one, is everyone going to do that? Because again, like we were saying before, like that famous quote of we need a million people doing it imperfectly rather than a handful of people doing it perfectly. But also, I mean, you have to think about what is the footprint on those ingredients that you're making versus somebody making it in literally thousands, hundreds of thousands of units at a time, rather than you ordering each into like ingredient to be sent to you and then you making it that's another thought and then the third is like if we're asking for change like by supporting companies who are actively moving towards things and asking like being vocal about what they're doing wrong 
Um, that's a huge thing. I mean, obviously there's a place and time for both situations, whether it's a DIY or whether it's, um, you know, supporting a company versus not. But, um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I guess is what I'm just saying. Just keep moving in that direction, <laughs> even if it's yeah. not always perfect. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I think the hardest to answer the question, the hardest swap that I've had to make. Yeah, there's definitely things that I haven't made yet, but I think that the biggest was probably just like the initial. The biggest change was the initial um, mindset shift of me being like figuring out which items I needed and didn't need, which. Um, I think in the beginning I was really hesitant on, um, you know, my mindset was, well, a shampoo bar won't work for me. My mindset was there's no way I'm ever going to change my makeup routine. Like there are certain things that are wasteful, but I need them in my life. And I would like the only reason I need them in my life is because those eco-friendly versions are not the same and they won't work as effectively. So just like opening my mind to the possibilities of, yes, you know, I can, a shampoo bar can work for you and you can give it a try. And yes, there are makeup options out there that are less toxic and also less wasteful that will work for just as well for you. And uh, a big one for me was clothing. Like I thought thrifting was icky, I had a little bit of like OCD tendencies with it and um, thought it was, you know, I had to like sanitize my hands every time I left a thrift store. And uh, opening myself to the idea of, you know, these are lifestyle elements that are doable for you and and will work for you just as well. It's just your mind telling you that it's either icky or gross or not as effective, but you're just telling yourself that when that's not true. I think that was like the biggest mind shift or like mind shift, but also like the biggest challenge for me was just like that first initial before you've even made any shifts, like being right. open to the idea of things working for you mm-hmm. or like this lifestyle in general working for you. Same thing with veganism. I think a lot of people come into it and are like, I could never I live could without never. blank. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I could never, or I'm going to get super weak or, you know, yeah. something along those lines when don't I just knock don't it think. before you try it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. Next question actually, I think is going off of, yeah, going off of basically what I just said. Lily Poe asked, please share low waist skincare and makeup tips. And I'm super curious about your skincare tips because you've always had the most glowing skin of anyone that I've ever met. (laughs) And, uh, I know that you've researched it in depth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really, um, I have been interested in skincare because I used to have acne and, even my senior year of college was like the worst my skin ever was. And um, so a big step in the right direction was um, changing my diet, I believe. It's hard to pinpoint um, what helped my skin clear up. But um, when I graduated college, obviously, I was a lot less stressed because college is stressful. I had a more regular sleep schedule. And, um, I also transitioned to a vegan diet and I think meat and dairy especially have a big impact on people's skin from what I have heard. And I know that mine got better. I can't pinpoint exactly, but, um, and then skincare in general, um, is definitely a tough one. It's a lot of packaging in there, a lot of products. Um, so a big part of, for me, uh, having low waist skincare and beauty is that 
Um, a big part of that is what can you simplify mm-hmm. to begin with? Um, do you need 10 products or do you need duplicates? Uh, do you need every shade of this or that? Um, Which might come back to what I was saying earlier. <laughs> like maybe that's a mind right, shift right. that you need to yeah. I will address. say my, my skincare routine still has a lot of steps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, as far as low waist skincare, um, I actually couldn't find a good um, face soap because I had tried different bar soaps that said that they were for face and they just seemed to kind of dry my skin out and didn't really work that well for me. Um, And it wasn't until I found an awesome local soap maker that I tried one that worked well. Um, And um, I, unfortunately, that soap maker had a lot of their varieties of um, soaps used animal products. Um, and so they, I think they were goat's milk, um, mm-hmm. a lot of them and, um, might have been some other ingredients. I know some of them had palm oil or actually I'm not sure about that, but basically I worked with the soap maker to create, um, uh, about five different vegan palm oil free face soaps that had awesome natural ingredients, um, for different types of skin. So um, the one that works really well for me is like pretty gentle. It has matcha in it and my skin. I've done like matcha masks and (laughs) (laughs) matcha face soap and it works really well for me. Um, And yeah, so those we have at Eco Collective, which I'm so like, that was the most exciting product launch for me because I was Uh, like, I helped make this. And they're so cute too. Like they're in that little like funky shape. Yeah, they look like little jewels. They're unpackaged. So, um, yeah, that was a tough one. And I'm lucky to have had the kind of platform to actually make something that worked. Um, Which people can check out on your website, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, Feel free to check it out. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, for, for face masks. I used to get super into face masks. I would do sheet masks Mm -hmm. and, you know, get a bunch of different ones. Um, So when I was trying to reduce my waist, I was like, okay, wow, I have a lot of face masks. Let me use them up, first of all. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Super important to know, (laughs) using your old stuff up. Yeah. So important. You wouldn't believe, like, I mean, because oftentimes it's going to be a while before you need to get anything new. So um, before you run out and buy something, use up what you have, especially if it works for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can also use that time to like try out new stuff because it's like if it goes wrong, you still have your old stuff to go back to in the meantime. You know, like if you try a new face wash and it like makes you break out really badly, you can at least go back to your old one. Yeah. So that's a good point. Time before you get to the end of the bottle and you're like scrambling because you're like oh no (laughs) I just broke out really badly I don't want to buy a new bottle of the old stuff right yeah so um I have been using my old face masks for a while um but recently I've just been using um bentonite clay which Mm -hmm. is in um certain bulk sections we have it at our Seattle store um but I've seen it at a fair amount of bulk stores surprisingly um but yeah bentonite clay mixed with water or some other I don't know I used to do bentonite I'd mix it with apple cider vinegar oh interesting yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, or even. Unfortunately, I noticed it was over drying my skin. I can't do the clay on my face anymore, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, you could try mixing it with oil or something. Oh, I don't maybe. know. Maybe. Um, but I don't know how well that would dry. I love yeah. experimenting. Yeah. You know, sometimes if you're if you're using a powder face mask um, and you're kind of mixing it yourself, it's kind of fun. It's like. I feel like a witch kind oh, of yeah, like totally. brewing up my yeah. special And concoction. you're like, it, for some reason, it just feels more special <laughs> when you apply it. You're like, oh, I'm going to have a self-care night. Yes. We've got a little bowl and we're mixing it. Mm-hmm. We're going to apply it. Yeah. Um, matcha, as I mentioned, too, like bentonite clay and matcha mm-hmm. is something I have tried, which makes my skin happy and yeah. soft. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then moisturizers. Um, I have tried a few different ones um that is more tough if you don't have access to a bulk section um I I oftentimes just use plain jojoba oil um I will recommend not using coconut oil a lot I see a lot of people on the internet saying um to use just coconut oil but um my esthetician where I go for facials which actually <laughs> yeah we go to the same lady oh yeah I love that her. was that was so funny I've she, only been twice but she's great she's amazing fresh face Seattle if you're in Seattle oh my gosh yeah although um, she's usually pretty booked she's usually really yeah, booked out but my esthetician was like don't use coconut oil it's comedogenic which yeah. means it clogs pores definitely um I think finding an oil in general can be very challenging for people just yeah that works with your skin um I will say I used to use argan oil which was probably the favorite type of oil that I've tried just plain and um it does like come in a glass bottle usually but if you can find some it lasts so long because you only need a tiny bit so um yeah if you can reduce that's good um I think the biggest thing that helped for me well it was definitely diet and like stress related as well but um I just don't wash my face if I don't need to like I in the morning like I just use water and I really only wash my face if I have makeup on Mm -hmm. and my skin's not perfect I really only like right now I have a few breakouts but that only really happens around like my time of the month kind of situation Mm -hmm. Um, during my menstrual cycle but yeah I use I like only use products when necessary and I moisturize like crazy because I found out that I was over drying my face and I try not to exfoliate ironically oh yeah actually or only like every once in a while I do but not as often as like I used to exfoliate every day oh, okay yeah, yeah that's often my esthetician usually recommends um exfoliating once a week and she actually told me that um she usually doesn't like tell me to exfoliate, but, um, I, when I had really dry skin, that really helped. Um, because basically, um, you're more prone to break out if you have dry skin because the kind of dead skin cells are going to clog your pores. So exfoliating can actually help lift some of the dry skin and kind of clear it and then improve your skin that yeah. way so when I have dry skin especially I exfoliate and would you um, say you have dry skin I would say yeah my skin does tend to be more dry depending yeah. on the season um especially in the winter I'm in the same category I would say I don't know like I always thought my skin was n- whatever they call normal is but I think I'm closer to dry than I am normal mm-hmm. yeah because um, I always thought dry meant you had like 
literally like dry patches on your face and that I don't have. I do have one spot near my mouth that I do that does get dry on occasion now. Mm-hmm. But I I never thought that my skin was dry just cuz it wasn't like flaking. Like to me dry skin is like flaking. Right. But yeah. Apparently. I also think that going to like our esthetician like she she's the one that saved my skin because I didn't know what like I didn't know my skin was dry until she told me right and I had waited 20 I think I was 24 at the time when I went I mean I'm still 24 Mm, maybe I was still 23 anyways um I'd waited 23 24 years to go to someone to look at my skin and I went to get a facial because my skin was really bad and I just was you know stressed out in life wanted to treat myself to like my first facial and uh she literally took one look at my skin and was like, this is what, you know, I also got the facial, which was like a nice <laughs> treat. But then she also like, was like, this is what's wrong with your skin. And yeah. then I saw her like 10 months later kind of thing for the same situation, just wanted to treat myself to something. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, you know, at this point, my skin had cleared like at least, you know, 65% from where I was the first time. And then she was like, this is what you're still doing wrong. And then I have, it's been great since, you know, so like I highly recommend going to a professional. Yeah. Seeing a professional and having somebody who like has seen lots of skin. Yeah. I I think that's a great way to avoid like misdiagnosing yourself and then getting the wrong products and then having to switch. And it can Um, go faster too, you know, like, yeah, exactly. Like you don't have to buy as many tester products before you find what works for you. But I would just say our, our esthetician is kind of unique in that she's very simple. She doesn't push products ever. Um, all she, she always says, just wash your face, moisturize and use sunscreen. Yeah. Yeah, she does. (laughs) She really does. Um, And then, um, like when I asked her when she was recommending that I, um, exfoliate I asked her what she would recommend like what kind of scrub or whatever and she was like just make one at home just I mean just mix sugar and a type of oil that works for your skin so um I mean there's yeah that's kind of what I have done lately and I found her I think just like if you're in your city and you're looking for somebody who's around the same I found her I think just by googling like natural vegan facial Seattle and I looked at like what the top rated people were and somehow stumbled into her I don't even know how yeah. I got really lucky I'm lucky because I have a great older sister oh. who's also really into skincare okay <laughs> and she recommended her yeah but um yeah, yeah so yeah look for somebody who's I I would say yeah beware of uh you know, certain people are going to say, oh, you need this product and yeah. this and this because that's really big in the skincare yeah. industry is, you know, that's where the money is. So yeah, they usually have like a line that they fooled. get commission with. Right. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then I, I, I guess we should talk about sunscreen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, that's probably the biggest. I I was fortunate enough. My best friend in elementary school was um, her mom was an esthetician and told me um, when I was 11 years old, actually, is when she told me to wear sunscreen every day. And I've mm-hmm. worn sunscreen on my face every day since wow. I was 11. Okay, you need to <laughs> like yell at me because I don't. Do it, do it, I do really it. need to get, and I've been saying it for like two years now that I need to get into doing it and I just don't. I did just get, though, if we're talking about brands here for a second, yeah. um, Ren Skincare recently reached out to me because their plan is to be zero waste by 2021. I believe they're using the Loop 
system stuff. Mm-hmm. But also like, I think, you know, like we were saying before, it's awesome to support companies who are actively yeah. changing. So, and they did just release a new vegan, like facial sunscreen. It's not in their zero waste packaging yet, but again, important to support someone who right. is actively changing towards yeah. that. Um, so that's what I've been trying out. And you can also get some, I picked one up at, uh, REI when I was there to get like, you look at camping stuff because my good friends, like we're always at REI cause we're my, all my good friends are like really into backpacking and hiking. So for whatever reason, there was a period of our life where we were at REI once a week. It was bad <laughs> for like two months. We were there every week for like two months. Anyways. Um, also they have a great selection of secondhand stuff, REI. And they like, also they have a zero waste program where they fix up like clothes and they sell wow. them again yeah to their members that's cool um anyways though they have some that are like in little tin things sunscreen uh, yeah. yeah but they do have beeswax in them i yeah believe. the so sunscreen is a tough one so um a few things so i um i for the longest time have been using one that comes in a glass bottle um it's by Josie Marin. Um, it's at least organic and vegan, which Mm -hmm. is nice. Um, but I've been looking for an alternative and I know, so I haven't tried, we just started carrying one at eco collective that comes in a compostable tube, um, which I haven't personally tried, so I can't necessarily vouch for it. Um, but, and then the other brand I've seen commonly like at full lane has, um, raw elements, which is in a little metal tin. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. That and I, I they have at REI. Yeah, and I think it has beeswax in yeah. it. They also have a tinted one as well. Oh, okay, four elements. Yeah. yeah, they have like a regular one and a tinted one. I like tinted sunscreen because often I always get mineral sunscreen, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes it has a white cast. Yeah. So I kind of like the tinted one because usually it's pretty sheer, and then it you don't see the white cast. Yeah, at least so. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, the Josie Marin one I use is tinted, but we'll see when it runs out what, what the move will be. (laughs) So follow Summer on Instagram (laughs) for updates. (laughs) Exactly. Um, okay. Uh, Oh, I guess we forgot to talk about the beauty part of the question. Oh yeah. Makeup. Um, yeah. Makeup. Um, so yeah, again, I think my, my tip, I, when, when I, started to go zero waste I realized how much stuff I had to go through to begin with and mm-hmm. how I didn't need to have solutions right away yeah um and I'm sure you have friends who have a bunch of things that they're not using and need to go through need I'm saying this in air quotations <laughs> need to go through right um, because I mean people like my sister watched makeup gurus on YouTube and felt like she needed an entire room for yeah. an entire wall full of makeup storage systems and she needed to mm-hmm. fill that. So uh, I think that's, there are so many of those people. Absolutely. Part of the reason why I'm on YouTube is because hall culture used to bother me so much. Wow. And I wanted to kind of counteract that. Not going to like that 100% is part of why I'm still on YouTube today and why I got into making videos in the first place. <laughs> that's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would definitely say yeah just simplifying realizing you don't need a lot of the products that are out there um you don't need every shade of every product find something that you like Mm -hmm. and use that every day use it up um I have recently gotten super into this. Um, there's this Facebook group I'm in called the pan fam (laughs) it's for it says pan fam 
for project panners and makeup rehabbers. Okay. Which I wouldn't necessarily classify myself as a makeup rehabber. I didn't have the biggest collection or anything, but um, it's got great inspiration on how to use up the makeup you have. Um, People do really creative projects like trying, you know, different colors that from the palette that they didn't use up or something yeah um and then as you run out of things which honestly can be pretty slow sometimes Mm -hmm. so you don't have to feel rushed um there are some cool brands out there um we recently uh or not actually that recently but we carry at eco collective uh elate which is all vegan cruelty free And they are very focused on zero waste. So a lot of the packaging, it's, you know, compacts or um, what's it called? Uh, Palettes Mm -hmm. that are reusable and magnetic. So you can um, just buy the refill in the little, it just comes in a small aluminum pan and in a little seed paper envelope. Um, And that way you just refill the same container. Um, And then they're moving towards being more zero waste in the packaging of all sorts of different products. I, Mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, there's some unique products out there that are more sustainable. I think you've tried some too that you could probably talk about. I have several brands that I use. I do love Elate and what they do. Um, I'm very, I think everyone's very specific with what they like in their makeup routine. So it took me a while to find things that fit my specific needs. And I did realize because I won't go too into depth about what my makeup routine is because I have a whole video about it on my YouTube channel. So you can just go there. Check it out. But... And I don't think anything has changed, really. And there's a couple things that I'm trying out, which I probably will make a video about soon, um, that I actually got from Elate, I think, all, cool. all the makeup products specifically that I'm going to feature in there. Um, but yeah, I have, I have several different brands that I use. I love Elate, um, Pure Anata, which some of their stuff is low waste. They're a Canadian makeup company. Um I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that the, the concept that Elite has with just, you know, the bamboo refillable thing. And then there are several companies that sell refills that you can buy from. Yeah. I remember Mac used to do that. Not that I would ever support Mac because obviously they test on animals. They're not vegan and full of toxins. Dang. But, um, you know, there was a time when you could just buy the pans and hopefully we move back towards that within the makeup economy. Um, and I, I it's funny because I remember my mom found recently like my grandma's old compact that she used, you know, in like the fifties or whatever. It was this sterling silver compact that she would just buy refills of. Like, mm-hmm. can you picture a world in the 1950s where to go buy makeup, you were, everybody owned their own, some fancy, nice compact that was theirs. That and they would go so to the little nicer. counter <laughs> and they would get their pans just refilled and just put it in there like that. Why are we selling packaging? I think it's partially because, I mean, the makeup, oh man, the makeup like world, the makeup economy is so ridiculous right now. It's like one of the fastest growing, most wasteful businesses out there. I wouldn't be surprised if it's at the same level as fast fashion because it's ridiculous. You know, you've got the Kylie Cosmetics and the the YouTube hauls and all these people that are selling you and most of it is just the packaging that's different yeah you I probably mean, are buying a palette that has the same color of something that you already own yeah. and never even used to begin with um it's actually it just occurred to me as you were talking about this mm-hmm. why are we selling packaging but 
I mean, I'm imagining that 1950s scene. If yeah. you want to go refill your compact, you have to have used it up. Yeah. And I think that's what's changed in the culture is um, we aren't really, we don't expect to finish these things sometimes. Um, so if you wait until it's empty, then you'll never get, you know, you, you won't have five at a time. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's kind of nice to have that because I mean, to have this refillable thing, because then you really slow down and you don't get ahead of yourself thinking that you're going to finish five blushes in the next 10 years. <laughs> right, right, right. It's so, crazy. It's a whole other world, but also it's how it scaled. Conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a conversation in and of itself. We should do some research and do an, a whole episode about that. I would love that. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> uh, but that Beauty was the last and question. Skincare. Yeah. On and on. Yeah. One on that. That would be fun. I actually was thinking that I wanted to reach out to our esthetician and get her on an episode. I asked her if I could interview her one time or if she would write an article uh -huh. and she was like, yeah, I asked her <laughs> last time I met her too. I like tried to bring it up because she did. This is how I knew that she went to you is because this is when you were still working for that blog like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a year ago before you joined Eco. And she was like, yeah, like I, I have a, a customer who she works for this blog and she asked me to write an article and I was like no I like being private and so then I was like dang it I know I can't ask her to be on my podcast yeah. but I might see maybe she'll do it because her face won't be on it you know it'll maybe. just be just be a audio podcast I don't know but yeah it was a thought because I do want to get a natural skincare expert on here totally I think that'd be super cool yeah I've got she, all the questions in the world she did um point me towards um a a vegan skincare person that she follows on Instagram okay. that shares a lot about that um because I asked her like who do you look to um for this type of advice and things like that I will I don't remember it, but I'll okay. get it and share it with you okay, so you cool. can put it in the notes. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, finding an expert can be hard, so we can't expect everyone to be able to go to our same um, oh, <laughs> esthetician. Yeah. So yeah, finding resources that are trustworthy. Um, I'll try to share that and yeah. maybe you could ask her to do an interview Definitely. if she's more open to it yeah I remember going into for my first facial with her being very skeptical because I knew you know oftentimes they try to sell you things or they just maybe don't know as much as their website makes it look like they claim to know kind of thing you know like they they make it seem like they're super into natural beauty yet they don't really use natural beauty if that makes sense um and I find that with people who are like into nutrition you know because like they've picked up unofficial uh non-peer-reviewed information from somewhere that they've read on the internet and then they try to sell it to you and you're like mm, I know better than this but anyways um so I went in very skeptical and I remember leaving and being like she was legit <laughs> like I just remember I actually think I was vlogging at the time and I was like talking to the camera I was like I was just so impressed because she was legit she was so smart not that I know everything in the world because I definitely don't but I was like I could sense that she knew what she was talking about yeah very and grateful. I usually trust people more when they're not pushy like yeah she's she she was just like wash your face moisturize yeah. use sunscreen I literally told her I was like so yeah for my scrub like I've been making like I just buy oats in bulk and I put some lavender in there and I grind it up and she was like yeah that should work perfectly and I was like <laughs> right. okay sounds good to me yes <laughs> sounds just like her yeah um, but all right, that was the last question. Do you have any closing remarks? Where can people find you other than ecocollectiveseattle.com? Yeah, um, you can find us 
um, ecocollectiveseattle.com, like you said, and um, ecocollective is ecocollective underscore on Instagram, and then I am Summer R. Hanson, H-A-N-S-O-N on Instagram. You can find me there. Cool. And I will also link all of them in the description of this episode. And uh, yeah, th- that's it. This yeah, a good thanks one. for the episode questions, two. guys. Yeah, thank you so much. So many good questions. I love doing Q&As. I think they're so fun. It is fun. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, hope you're all having a lovely day wherever you're at in this beautiful world. <laughs> and uh, all right. Bye. Bye. So I hope that this Q&A was helpful for anybody who has been considering veganism or living a more low-waste life. As always, you can find Summer on Instagram at Summer R. Hansen, and you can find her store at ecocollective underscore on Instagram. I'll link both of those in the description of this episode. And of course, you can follow me to support the show over on Instagram at Sedona Christina and on YouTube at Sedona Christina. Well, they don't really do the at thing on YouTube, but you know what I mean. Sedona Christina, that's where I'm at. And of course, those are always linked in the description of this episode. If you'd like to support this show, you can do so over at patreon.com slash Sedona Christina, where you get access to a bunch of extra little goodies, all of my YouTube videos and the podcasts early before they go out to the public. You also get the secret podcast that goes up every single Tuesday, where I talk about self-care, the environment, and just random little things that I'm picking up. If you're curious about my life or growing into a better version of yourself, it's all over there. I'm also introducing one-on-one phone calls with me that last for an hour over there. And you get access to the Facebook community where everyone can chat and help each other on their low waste life. So yeah, that can be as little as $4 a month, the same price as one fancy coffee a month. And uh, you can help me put food on my table so that I can continue to learn and create the show and do all of this stuff. It helps a lot. I totally get it if you can't afford to be over there. Other wonderful ways to support are simply by sharing it with a friend, leaving a review over on iTunes or wherever you choose to listen to the show. And of course, by following and talking tossing likes my way and just sharing all of my platforms with friends that really really helps so yeah i hope you guys enjoyed and i will talk to you in the next episode remember to stay happy humble and forever compassionate and i love you guys so so much bye